Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Marco Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. On Twitter, we are at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. You know, Mark, it wasn't that long ago that we featured our first e-bike review, right? And as our listeners probably already know, and for those that don't know, this actually came about, my curiosity, my my e-bike curiosity came about because of some injuries that I had that didn't allow me to actually ride a bike anymore the way I was used to riding a bike. So I started looking into e-bikes, and if you guys look online, you look on Amazon, you will see literally hundreds of different companies that are making e-bikes that are, and it's hard to pick which is the right one for you, but it wasn't that long ago, Mark, that I came across something online that kind of blew me away. Uh, it's a company called Lithium Cycles, and they are doing an e I don't even want to call it an e-bike because it doesn't do it justice. Uh, they are doing something so different, so unique looking, and so unique performing that we wanted to have the co-founder of the company, Michael Canavo, on the line with us. Michael, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. So before we start, talk a little bit about Lithium Cycles and what you guys do. Yeah, so at, uh, at Lithium Cycles, we are uh, aiming to create really cool and, uh, you know, fashion, almost fashion and design-oriented um, electric tech vehicles. Yeah, and if you look, and again, people can go to lithiumcycles.com and they can actually see what we're talking about. You guys put out a, a really cool, and the best way to describe it is, and being, you know, growing, you know, being born in the 60s and growing up in the 70s, it, it harkened back the second I saw the Super mm-hmm. 73, which is the bike that you guys, this brilliant looking bike, it looks like a dirt bike from the 70s, and that was the whole idea, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, John, our co-founder and engineer, um, had one growing up. He had a gas-powered mini bike. Um, and, you know, we were actually, as a company, we were creating these uh, industrial electric carts. And, and it, you know, it was going well. It was just business-to-business kind of, kind of production. Um, and we thought over the weekend, we thought, well, what if we did something kind of fun? You know, what if we just created a one-off? Three days later, John had literally hand-built a prototype of what he was envisioning. Um, we rode it around. We loved it. We thought, this thing is like is extremely fun. It's nostalgic, but it's also powerful. Uh, it had a thousand watt motor, which was, you know, way more than most e-bikes were, were, were using at the time. So it was, uh, it was a kick for sure. Uh, we thought, Hey, what if we threw this on Kickstarter, you know, maybe just sold 15, 20. And we thought maybe we can, you know, have a little bit of fun, just knock out a cool project and move on. Uh, 30 days later, we had raised almost half a million dollars and uh, realized, shoot, like, this is probably what we need to be pursuing. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. The Kickstarter stories, um, you know, they, they used to be very, 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 not few and far between, but they used to be very, very rampant, so many of them. And now, mm-hmm. when you land on one that really has success like this, you pay more attention because the products coming out nowadays on Kickstarter, just like you guys, are really, really unique and really blow people apart. What was your reaction when you saw the growth of that campaign? Yeah, you know, we, we knew Kickstarter backers had, had gotten smart. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was everybody was throwing out these crazy ideas and most of them weren't even ever being fulfilled. So we knew, hey, if we're going to do this, we want to make sure this is done right. So through our branding, through our, you know, our presence, through the story that we told, we wanted to seem genuine and show people like, hey, we're, we really want to do this. Like, let's, let's do it. Um, and so, you know, just by connecting with their, uh, I guess their emotional side rather than straight tech side, we were able to, you know, um, captivate that audience. 
And, and you know, we talk about, you know, the, the success rate, the failure rate of some of these Kickstarter campaigns, but talking about your success and Lithium Cycles and the Super 73, when, you, when you're looking among your co-founders, and I think it's Aaron, Alex, John, and yourself, correct? Perfect. And, and you guys, you guys did something, and I think this is really the key to any company that has success. The people behind the products that they're making have to have a passion and a love for what they're doing. And I think when you talk about, you know, John putting that prototype together so quickly, and you guys all looking and saying, you know what, we really have something here. I mean, it speaks to your guys' passion. At the end of the day, it's your love for what you're doing, I think, that makes your campaign, and at the end, your product, stand apart from other stuff, wouldn't you say? Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. We, uh, you know, we find ourselves out in our little parking lot behind our warehouse three or four times a week, just playing around on on our bike. You know, just kind of figuring out, oh, what if we did this? What if we added this? And you know, we can do rapid prototype and design here, so the energy always stays up. And so we're always creating new stuff. And and the team is it's honestly a perfect group of of us four that kind of fuel each other to um, keep creating and keep innovating. Can you talk to some of the tech that's in the bike? Because when you look at it right off the bat, you know, you see a very unique design that's very, of course, obviously reminiscent, reminiscent of that dirt bike um, from the 70s without the actual engine, though. You know, you see this this gaping hole. You're wondering, where is all the technology in here? But it is packed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, uh, you know, for us, um, none of us are really bicycle enthusiasts, uh, <laughs> mostly out of just a lack of comfort that is that is found in bicycle seats. That's kind of the, the real of it. So when we created this, we're like, we want to do a two-wheeled electric vehicle, but we want to uh, want to build it around comfort and around design. And so obviously the 70s mini bike was exactly what we wanted. But we said now that we have this frame design, and it's basically a 60-pound frame, so we need a motor that can carry this kind of weight. So we talked to some friends in Nevada who have a battery company out there, and we were like, get us your most powerful uh, electric kit. And, and not only do you do that, but you did that, and I honestly don't even see where that where that is. I'm looking at a nice zoomed in shot of the bike here. I have no idea. I know I know because because you lay out obviously all the tech there. I know it's in the back wheel and in that casing. But how small is that? Yeah, so we actually have we have a couple different versions. We have a mid drive, which does have a tiny little motor in the middle of the bike, um, and that's the thousand watt one that we have right now. We're actually slowly transitioning to all hub drive because we found that there can be, you know, more ability to uh, pull performance out of it. But that motor is actually centered around the back hub of the wheel. Um, so it, it sits in the center, and that will actually propel the wheel. So you don't need any – there's no middleman anymore. There's no chain that, you know, that needs to connect to the motor that connects to the wheel. We're going direct to the wheel. But, Michael, when you think about it, you hear Mark's reaction right now. He's looking at this as we're doing the interview. He's dissecting the bike online, the look of it, and he can't see the tech. But, again, isn't this exactly what great technology is supposed to be? The technology is supposed mm-hmm. to live in the background so the person, the, the user, can focus on the experience. And that's exactly what you guys have done here. People can focus on the aesthetic of the bike, how cool it looks, how great it rides, and not really have to worry about the tech. They just know that it's there. Absolutely. That's, that's such a big point for us is, is not having to worry about what it is that's, that's working in the bike. It's worrying more about, okay, well, I'm going to get to this destination, so let's go. You know, it's not, it's not, well, did I turn it up? Well, you know, do I have, am I going to be sweaty by the time I get there? It's literally hit that thumb throttle and you're off. There's no extra gearing because, honestly, if, if you're cruising at this speed, you don't need gearing. Let's just go. 
Let's talk about some of the actual, you know, delivery expectations, because obviously the campaign being so successful, you have to ramp up. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's the reaction been from people who have gotten behind the wheel of some of the prototypes? Um, what can people get today versus what they're going to be getting on the Kickstarter campaign? Yeah, definitely. So when, when we launched Kickstarter, we actually launched that um, a year ago. And we received hundreds of orders. So those have been shipped out. And we're in the process of finally fulfilling um, some of those last European orders. Our 1,000-watt bike is, is not necessarily looked on um, with loving eyes by the uh, people who make the regulations in Europe. Um, so that's been you know, something that we've navigated. Um, but as, as we've kind of evolved as a company, we've thought, well, okay, there's different needs for different people. So what we've currently got on, what our pre-order campaign is right now, it's not on Kickstarter, it's actually on our website, is um, the Scout. So it's more of an entry-level vehicle for those who love the design and the functionality of the Super 73, but don't necessarily need or want or can afford that 1,000-watt motor. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically the Scout has slightly less range, slightly less power. Obviously, you know, you said, like you said, it, it helps, of course, keep the price down. But you guys also did a special version, correct? Is there a Rose Avenue mm-hmm. version? Yes, yes. So we actually partnered with Jesse Wellens on the Rose Avenue. Now, Jesse Wellens is a uh, YouTube creator. He's a YouTube oh, yeah. influencer, which, um, this, you know, it's, it's so funny to talk about in this day and age, but... Um, you know, he kind of started on YouTube, and, and that's where he found his place. And um, he, he kind of dictates a lot of fashion and trends. Uh, he came to us very early on as a company um, and said, listen, I love your guys' bikes. Um, I want to be riding them. Like, I, I, let, let, let's work together. And so it was really organic. It was never any, like, you know, of, of pushing on any side. He was amped about the product. So when we told him, hey, man, we're actually doing – a new bike he goes can i have a line <laughs> and when jesse wellens asks if he can design a line you know you say yeah um <laughs> so so yeah out of that came the uh the rose avenue or the rose Ave bike uh that that bike um you're actually going to be seeing a video coming out pretty soon on his channel that talks about his build process his design process um kind of how he decided what he wanted the bike to look like right. um and then how he really wanted it to be a lifestyle piece. It's not, it's not a bicycle. It's, it's, it's an accessory to your daily life. He doesn't even own a car. Um, so this thing is just how he gets around. And it's also, <laughs> it's played in, in, in hand with how he's kind of, you know, out, found dates with girls. He, he loves taking his bike out and he loves talking about that. Like, all I got to <laughs> do is take the bike out and people just come up and talk to me. Um, and we think that's super fun, and uh, and it's it's a really cool. It speaks to the design and the lifestyle side of it. Well, uh, aside from that, aside from the aesthetic, the design aesthetic you guys are talking about with Jesse's influence, obviously, it also has a slightly top higher top speed. If I'm not mistaken, it doubles the range mm-hmm. in terms of the battery life. Correct. So for only yeah. a few hundred dollars yeah. more, basically, you're getting a bike that gives you higher top end and doubles the range, which is pretty good, and it's a really good value too. Yeah, his, you know, and this comes into Jesse again. He's so great to work with. He goes, guys, listen, whatever it takes to get the most quality, the most performance, let's just do it. Um, and that was so great to hear from him. It, it wasn't a matter of, like, he's not looking for numbers. He's not looking. He just wants to make a product that people love. So, yes, we put a 500-watt motor uh, in the back. It, it goes 20 miles an hour, uh, and the range is 40 miles, which is extreme. I mean, you're not going to go 40 miles in a week, which is awesome. 
And I got to tell you, know what's really cool about this? <clears throat> For a lot of us out there, and again, we've done some e-bike pieces before, and we've gotten our hands on some really nice e-bikes, but I, I hesitate. I don't even like putting this in the e-bike category. This is a great, cool bike that happens to have an electric motor in there with electric range. It's really <laughs> neat. And the, the aesthetic of it, and for someone like me, I'm looking at it thinking, you know what? I can feel maybe a little better riding this. It suits my style in terms of maybe how I want to be seen. Maybe I, I, I gravitate more toward a motorcycle than necessarily a bicycle. So for people like that, you still have the advantage of having pedal power. You still have multiple levels of pedal assist. So if you want to ride it as you would a bicycle, you can. But if you don't want the stigma, like you said, you guys aren't bike guys. You're not bicycle guys. You're not bicycle mm-hmm. people. So this tends to really appeal to, I think, a bigger market than just the e-bike market, doesn't it? Absolutely. You hit the you hit the nail on the head right there. We've had people who haven't ever rode bicycles. We've had people who haven't rode in 10, 15 years hop on this thing and be like, this is this is for me. This is what I want. Um, and it really started with like just us making something cool for ourselves. We said we love the idea of the bicycle. Uh, we love the idea of a motorcycle. Can we do something that's kind of in between where we're not going to die, but also we can be comfortable? Um, and so that's kind of where this thing was born out of. And it, and it really is. It's, it's about the functionality of being able to grab it and go. It's really cool to see, um, you know, a girl five feet five, uh, hasn't rode a bike since she was a kid, hop on it and tear away. That's cool. Being able to make a product that can uh, provide that sort of freedom. It's exciting for us. Well, you know, you're describing me right there, minus the whole girl part. Uh, <laughs> you know, five foot five, it's been, yeah, it's fine. I'm, you know, five foot five, haven't ridden a bike in probably about 10, 15 years. I keep saying I need to get yeah. another bike so that my kids, you know, start to ride and stuff like that. But here's my, here's my conundrum is I go, I go out and I get this bike and then my son sees it and then he'll learn how to ride a bike within 15 seconds and he'll be like yeah. gone and I'll never see him again. Yeah, we, we get that a lot. We get people purchasing a bike. And three days later, they're coming back and purchasing another um, because they're like, well, you know, my wife wants it or my husband wants it or my kids took it. Um, so I need to get a couple more. But the Scout, it's so great. We've realized the Scout is such a family bike. Um, we've got people buying four and five at a time because they're like, well, the price is so it's so low. It's such a good value. Um, let's just outfit the whole family. Well, the great thing is that people go, and I encourage people to go to lithiumcycles.com. You can learn the story of this great company. Uh, you can learn all the, and I love how, you know, we get to meet all the people online in the About Us section. You, you guys really laid out a really great webpage, which in this day and age really is important because that's how, when businesses are online, that's how people interface and interact with companies now. So they have a great website. You can learn all about what they do. And I like how you guys are incentivizing early purchases because this is sort of harkens back almost to what Kickstarter was like, where if you buy by a certain mm-hmm. date. So I'm not mistaken until if you buy before August 10th, you can get a Super 73 Scout for nine ninety five. correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. And if you get the Rose Ave edition, that's only thirteen ninety five. And again, with the longer range, more power. So after those dates, the the prices go back up to the regular MSRP, which is twelve ninety nine and what, sixteen ninety nine, respectively, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we like... Oh, sorry, go for it. No, 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 we're good. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, we like being able to uh, incentivize the early orders. One, because um, it kind of lights the fire under people. It gets people excited to have the product. We want people to love having our bike. And so uh, by getting those early adopters, we actually have an awesome network of creative people, of consumers, of, of, of users who uh, <clears throat> live and breathe the, the Super 73 brand. 
We have Facebook groups out there for uh, exclusive to Super 73 owners. Um, and it's just a steady stream of content every day, posting photos and videos from their adventures. So we really like to encourage that sort of um, passion, which is why we do the uh, thank you for buying early kind of a thing. No, it's great. You guys, you know, you guys did exactly what you want, which is you didn't just create a product. You're creating a whole culture based on a brand around the product. And visually, this thing is so stunning. Now, now, Michael, you promised me I get to ride on one of these things, right? I'm going to hold you to that. I'm coming up. Just you say the word. I'm going to come up and, and uh, we'll do some test riding. Well, that, that's, what's, that's another thing I wanted to stress. This is, a, this is a U.S.-based company. They're actually in Orange County in Tustin, California. The production is there. Everybody's there. I, I cannot wait for you guys to come up here. Just remember, Woodland Hills is hot, man, so make sure you bring your shorts and your tube top. You're not going to want to wear something heavy right. here. Roger that. All right, maybe no tube top, but the shorts you're definitely going to want to wear. So he is Michael Canavo. He's the co-founder of Lithium Cycles. We're so happy that you joined us today. And we're looking, I'm looking forward to that ride, and I am looking forward to talking to you again because, again, this is a constant evolution of product and price and merchandise. So we're looking forward to what you guys bring us next, and we look forward to having you back on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And thank you guys for being here on this week's edition of Your Tech Report. Uh, don't forget to check out YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report for that Apple Watch Series 2 giveaway exclusive here to your tech report for the next couple weeks. Uh, thank you to everybody who was on this week's show. Smart Nora, based in Toronto. Check out smartnora.com. Lithium Cycles, of course. And Waze. You can't leave home without Waze, I promise you. Uh, on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Marco Flalo. Thanks again for joining us. Click to yourtechreport.com and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us contact at yourtechreport.com Report.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, YourTechReport.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.